0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Annex Tuesday Night Podcast. The Annex is a community seeking to discover and live life in Jesus, and we hope that this message will help you do just that. If you like what you hear, you can always subscribe, so these messages come right to your phone each week, and you can always check us out at theannexboulder.com or on our Instagram account at theannex.boulder. Enjoy today's message. Welcome, everybody. My name is Dave, I'm um, director of Annex, and I'm so glad that you have chosen to be with us tonight. If you're brand new, um, welcome. Uh, we want you to feel like this is your family um, at some point. So please, um, I encourage you to take advantage of the different opportunities we've shared um, tonight. There are moments in time that change the course of history forever. And a lot of times when they're happening, you know that they're happening. September 11th, 2001 was just a couple weeks before I was a freshman at the University of Washington. And even that morning, everybody knew that life would never be the same after that day. I think we're living in a time that's a, a, a history course changing moment as well. This is the first global pandemic in 100 years of this scale for sure. And the sort of watershed ideological battles that are happening right now also I think will be historical in so many different ways. Your kids are going to ask you what was it like to be alive in 2020? Well, this guy named Mark almost 2,000 years ago writes a historical biography about a man named Jesus because he believed like so many other people that witnessed this man that they were watching and witnessing the course of history being changed by the life and witness of this one person, Jesus. Whether you identify yourself as a Christian or you're not a Christian or or not even spiritual perhaps, the Gospel of Mark is an invitation to take seriously this uh, moment that Mark believes is a history-changing moment. Mark begins his historical biography. Um, it's, uh, we know it in the Bible as Mark 1-1, and he says this. He says, The beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. He says that what he is writing is good news. Mark is not about to write um, advice, or he's not going to offer some hot take, an opinion section for the newspaper. Instead, it is a proclamation of something that has happened. It is news. Mark is gonna offer us names. He's gonna offer us places and dates. He is going to give us traceable history. And while we receive it 2,000 years later, it's gonna be difficult for us to trace it. The people who received it for the first time could have traced his story, his character, um, and the places and the people that were involved. And it's good news. He wants you to hear about it. And then he says, that Jesus, this man from Nazareth, is the Messiah, the Christ, Jesus Christ. Christ means Messiah, or anointed in, uh, in Hebrew. He is saying, this guy, Jesus, is not an ordinary person. And if you're Jewish um, hearing this, um, you understand that this is, he is referencing a promised Jewish Savior, the Son of God, another way of saying that. In short, what, Jesus, uh, what Mark is saying here at the very beginning of his um, of his uh, biography is he is saying that I have good news, facts about something that happened about the man who is king and his name is Jesus. And tonight, we're gonna look at this story about the first time in Mark's account that Jesus goes to church. If you're like me, you've been to church um, a bunch of times. And I grew up going to church. In fact, um, Jim and Becky Palmer made it the the highest priority in our family that we would go to church um, every week. So I have some very vivid memories of um, the the routine of showing up to church and what it is supposed to be like. And if you've grown up in the church like me, um, you, you know that like every church has like a way of doing thing. And there are lots of unspoken sort of rules that go with it. And so that is one of the reasons why this story is especially bizarre and crazy and I think why Mark includes it. And it goes like this. This is verse 21 in chapter one. It says the disciples and uh, the disciples are um, those who um, Jesus has called as a Jewish teacher, a rabbi, to be um, his students, his followers. They went to Capernaum. Now, this is a small town on the north end of the Sea of Galilee, a large body of water in um, ancient Palestine with a population about the size of Willville, right? So not that many, maybe 1,500 people. So they went. the disciples went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. It says, the people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. See, teachers of the law were experts on what other people had said in the past. They were experts on the prophets and the Torah. They were experts on what God had said already to people. But here comes Jesus, and Jesus is speaking as if he is quoting nobody but himself. Jesus is speaking as if he is God himself. He is, it says, the text says that he spoke with authority. Um, In that word authority is this word author, right? This idea that you are speaking an original idea from your own authority, your own place of understanding and power. And people were, it says the people were amazed. And and candidly, they, they should have been. When you go to church, You are not going for original content. You're going to hear scripture. You're going to hear the word of God. You're not there to hear God speak as himself. And so rightfully, they were amazed. And then it gets weirder, verse 23. Just then, a man in their synagogue, which is really a Jewish church, and I don't mean to offend any of you who are Jewish and would say, "Um, no, that's not church. You're right, it's not, but just bear with the parallel. Just then a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. Oof, the people were amazed that they asked themselves. They asked each other, "What is this? A new teaching, and with authority he even gives orders to impure spirits, and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. I'm guessing you're thinking the same thing that I've been thinking as I've been reading this, this uh, text. What in the world? just happened and that would be really normal i think mark wants us to feel how uncomfortable this sunday was here comes jesus speaking as if he's quoting nobody but himself speaking as god and in the room you have spiritual forces responding to his very presence now i don't know about you but no one has ever manifested a demon while i have worshipped on a sunday morning at church growing up Nobody. And I will tell you that if it did happen, it would be very, very disruptive and no one would know what to do. People were amazed. Jesus doesn't seem like he's actually coming to like um, cast out demons. It is very presence that this demon says, you are, it says, you are the holy one of God. Wow. Jesus goes to church and reveals that he has Real spiritual authority. What is spiritual authority? Spiritual authority is what we listen to that shapes how we understand what is good and bad and how we should live. Spiritual authority guides us in matters that transcends just our material needs and experience. And we all listen to different voices of spiritual authority. And for most of us, there's a bunch of them. Our culture offers voices of spiritual authority. It might say this, and you might hear this, and live this way, that the way to wholeness is to find and express your true authentic self. Or all this world is is stuff and experiences, so the best way to live is to have as much of the good stuff as possible. Another really common um, voice that we treat as spiritual authority are our parents' expectations for our lives. Um, Some spiritual authority, some voices of spiritual authority, we know aren't good at all, um, but we think they're still our best option. The standard of beauty that social media speaks over us or the moments of comfort before shame that porn promises. And here's what Mark wants us to see, I think, in this really uncomfortable story about Jesus showing up to church is that Jesus has come into the world a moment that will change history forever to be the one voice that we ought to listen to as the spiritual authority. Now Mark doesn't offer a lot of um, um, quotations in terms of what Jesus spoke himself. You'll notice in this passage that he only says two sentences. In fact, the demon says more stuff. But in John's account of the life of Jesus, Jesus says a lot more. And here is one of the examples of Jesus speaking about himself and spiritual authority. This is in John chapter 10. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and run away. It's not really his sheep. Then the wolf attacks the flock and it scatters. The man runs away because he is hired and cares nothing for the sheep. Here's what I'd ask. When life gets really hard, how well do the voices of your spiritual authority fare and perform? How are they performing now in this really difficult pandemic time? As the world is being turned upside down how are the voices that you're following to understand what the right way to live is, what, what, what is right and wrong, how are they performing? What is the fruit of those voices in your life now? Do they give themselves up for you and stand the true test in hard times? Or are they, like this hired hand, abandoning you in your time of need? Jesus says, "I am I am the good shepherd." The only voice that can take care of you and guide you. So, Jesus goes to church and stuff gets weird. He is not content with being another helpful teacher in your life. He's come to be the one clear voice of authority. And are we going to respond? Let's pray. Jesus, we um, come to you from all sorts of different places. Some of us hearing this idea of you as the good shepherd and you as Lord and the one who has authority for the first time. And Lord, we ask, I ask, um, myself, Dave, I ask that if that is true, that you would reveal that in, in a powerful way um, for those of the, uh, us that are learning and hearing about this good news for the first time. And Lord, for those of us like myself that have um, heard these ideas um, for a long time or maybe a little while, we know them in our head but we don't believe them in our heart. Lord, we ask that it would be true that you would be our one true voice. God, we are willing for stuff to get weird in our life if the fruit of it it means that we um, can know that you are with us and that your voice guides us in the right way in the hardest times. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship uh, together in song. The band's gonna come and, uh, and lead us. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you back here next week.